Welcome to Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. We have a wonderful guest with us here today. We have Di Manuel. Di Manuel. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Di Manuel is a super dad. He's dating his wife. He's with, he has a lead by example way of living and a contagious personality who is on a mission to positively impact 1 million role models around the world um, to lead a fun, functionally fit life through education, encouragement, and community. He is an award-winning digital thought leader and author, distinguished Toastmaster and keynote speaker, former partner and chief operating officer of a multi-million dollar retail company, a sought after lifestyle mentor, and an executive performance coach. Di knows the struggle of the juggle and keeping his health and happiness is a priority. He models his work, work based on five Fs, fitness, family, faith, and finances with an overarching arc root, sorry, roof of fun built on a rock solid foundation of health, nuggets of wills, wisdom, and inspiration to take action to be your best self are guaranteed when you connect with Dive. So with that said, I now present to you Dive. <laughs> it's so awesome to be here. And uh, thank you for that introduction. I know it's, a, it's a, definitely, a, as you were reading, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was a mouthful, <laughs> but it was awesome. I love it. Uh, it gives everybody at least a good indication of, of at least some of the things that I, I prioritize, you know, because I think at the end of the day, you know, it's what we prioritize, what we pay attention to, right. uh, especially in our own lives and our own lifestyles uh, that often can have the greatest amount of impact, positively, right. sometimes negatively, <laughs> but either way, it's that awareness piece. And uh, so thank you for the kind mm -hmm. intro, but also doubly thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I'm super excited. This is awesome. Awesome. Thank you so very much. So tell us more about your profession, um, what you're doing currently, and what you got started, stuff like that. Well, you know, I always like to let people know, life is never a straight line. <laughs> and I, I, I had many different passions in life, and I still do. And, and I've always been someone that's wanted to align passions with income, if possible, because, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just nice to know that there's something that I love to do. And I can actually be remunerated in doing it. And, and so that's sort of been a lifelong ambition to sort of lean into that a bit more and be more purposeful with the things I do and, and how I, I try to build a business around that, you know, but, but ultimately, <laughs> Up till about six years ago, I had a corporate career that I had worked for 17 years where I was a fitness equipment retailer uh, as well as wholesaler and, and uh, had a chain of retail company uh, stores and companies that uh, I was a partner of. And but you know what? The passion wasn't there anymore. Yeah. And, and it, rather than just continuing to go through the process and continuing to do the same thing day in, day out, I felt that a change was needed. 
And I was very fortunate that my wife was also very supportive and said, hey, you know what? Uh, I think we can do life differently. What okay. do you think about this? And for her, it was, can we be a full-time family and see the world a little bit together? Travel. And I was like, oh, I don't know. That sounds crazy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, legitimately, I was like, no, that's nuts. I don't know how we can do that. And then I had a very fixed mindset. You know, I, I didn't see having control over my own life. I think a lot of us get into that sort of habit, right? I don't know if you've ever felt that way where it feels like I have to do this. Like this is what, yes. you know, mm -hmm. it's not a matter, I get to do this or I choose to do it as I, I have to do this, you know? Right. And I definitely felt that way. And, and so I knew that I wanted to make some changes. And, and so we did change things and, and we basically created the, the way to make money to support the life we wanted. Rather before our life was largely based on the career that either of us were working. Does that make sense? So like our, our lifestyle and the life that we were living was very much dictated by the careers that we had because we would often have to compromise on some of our wants and our dreams and our ambitions because we had these careers that we had to, to, to be present for, <laughs> you know? So, so we changed things. Now, what do I do? Well, I, I serve people and, and I've always served them, but in different capacities. Now I help people get more out of their own lives by helping them with creating the lifestyle habits that are great for you right now, but essential for you five, 10, 20, 30 years from now. So, so I always like to ask people the question, like, what's the kind of life you want to be living? Who do you want to be in those moments? How do you want to be celebrating life? Like, do you plan to have kids? Great. What about grandkids? Awesome. What kind of grandparents do you want to be? Because once we become connected emotionally to, to the life that we're living right now and, and the future selves, you can start to make decisions from a different place, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and it becomes a lot easier. There's less friction in life to do so. So in a nutshell, that's what I do. I, I Through conversations and through certain protocols and programs that I've crafted over my 25 years in this space I, has allowed me to give people a lot of great tools and resources to, to help them do this for themselves. So um, yeah, that's it in a nutshell, but really I'm a dad and I'm a been dating my wife for 21 years. So those are the <laughs> titles that actually get me up in the morning. Those are the ones that matter to me most. Uh, everything yeah. else is just stuff I'm passionate about, you know? That's good. So yeah. how long have you been doing is your coaching business, right? How long have you been doing that for? Well, in a full-time capacity for five years, but I've always been coaching and mentoring people um, ever since I was, gosh, 17, almost 18. I've been oh, coaching wow. and mentoring people, but, but it used to be more so in the fitness space and then nutrition. Yeah. Uh, but as I, I matured and as my own life changed and as I sought out more support, especially over the last 11 years, uh, I've become much more able to help others. Yes. because of my own experience and how I've helped myself. And isn't that interesting? Because I, we were talking before you, you, we started to hit record and broadcasting, you know, mm -hmm. was what was your inspiration? And, and based on your own personal life that you're living and some of the challenges that you've been dealing with and overcoming and, and, and handling, you felt drawn to creating this platform. Right. And I think so many of us have that in us. You know, we have these things that we, we, we ultimately work through. Mm -hmm. We overcome. I mean, humans, humanity we're very resilient that's why i love like yours just even awesome. your, your name i'm like absolutely yes say it <laughs> you know because we are resilient but we are so good at getting in our own way at times and limiting right. our resiliency mm -hmm. and and so being able to to just create space for people to reduce the friction in their lives so they can experience more of what they want 
you know, versus just doing the things that they think they need. You know, like I think there's a difference there. Like we do a lot of things based on a necessity or at least what we believe to be a necessity. Right. But really to get down to it, it's like, do you really need that? Mm-hmm. Or is that a want or is that a need? You know, and, and my life used to be dictated by a whole lot of wants. You know, yeah. I wanted a lot of stuff. But then when I started to ask myself, like, do I really want that? It turned out I was wanting things based on ego. <laughs> Right. I would, you know, a certain career ambition, certain money in the bank, certain type of lifestyle, because I was chasing what I believed to be successful. And the more I chased it, the more unhappy I became. Of course. The more stressed, the more anxious. And that led to a lot of other stuff. And so it wasn't until I was able to confront that and say, well, geez, this is dumb. There's got to be a better way of doing this. And then sought out help. And that's why I'm a big believer in coaching and mentorship and counseling. Like I'm a big proponent for that. I think yeah. it serves a great purpose and, and it can really help us, you know, as individuals overcome things that maybe we've never overcome before. Like, right. Why do it alone? Right. You it's know, true. Like, Having yeah. a coach is so important. I, I remember when I was writing my book, I had a coach and she, she really helped to keep me focused, keep, mm. ask myself the right questions Questions that you wouldn't know to think to ask yourself. I I believe in coaching all the way. So yeah, I think it's an awesome thing what you're doing right now. That's awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So with that said, we're gonna go into the interview. We are going to ask. So what is your mental health diagnosis and when were you diagnosed? Yeah. So it's interesting because I I guess it would have been just shy of eleven years ago. I started working with a psychologist. Uh, as well as a counselor and a relationship counselor. I, I, I basically, what happened was I had a year where I made a commitment to, rather than working on all the things outside of me, I was going to work on all the things inside of me because <laughs> I became very good at focusing my energy on everything outside rather than ever turning the energy or the attention inward. And, right. you know, it, and fair enough, most of us, we grow up, we, we, we learn through experiencing the world and, and the things that happen around us. But we have to realize all that, our opinion of that, our, our place on that, all the beliefs on that is all formed from, you know, this little space between the ears. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, taking that, that real effort to, to you know, turn that attention inward and, and focus on that. And so I remember when I was working with the psychologist, especially, you know, yeah, I was dealing with depression. Okay. I was dealing with a little bit of social anxiety. Uh, but a lot of it also stemmed from me not having proper coping mechanisms, you know, like my way of coping with certain stress and anxiety, uh, really just, I learned from a very early age because even in my teens, uh, when I was morbidly obese, uh, this is a little bit of a backstory here, probably more than you were wanting that to know, but, uh, I was morbidly obese as a teenager. So very overweight right. and I used to self-medicate with food and video games because that would give me that instant dopamine hit, right? Like I, instant gratification. I know if I ate certain foods, especially the more unhealthy the foods, typically the more instant positive emotions I could create, you know? And also I would play video games because it would give me this, this certain uh, dopamine hit as well, right? Like we're very motivated by dopamine and adrenaline. It seems to be the very two chemicals that we can either use to our advantage or sometimes can hold us back. Right. They were holding me back because that's how I dealt with my stress, my anxiety, my depression was with food and video games. And so, you know, you do that for like five years, well, I got bigger and bigger. And then I made some changes. 
you know, but it, it also made me to the point where I, I was battling with suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. and, and thinking that the world would be so much easier if I just wasn't in it. Wow. But I didn't like that. And it, it, to be honest, clearly, like it scared me, it scared me a lot. Like the idea of that finality uh, and also about what it would do to my family, mm-hmm. to, to some of my friends, like it just, I was able to reconcile it enough that to be honest, it just scared me, you know, it scared me a lot. So much so that I was like, okay, there's got to be something else I can do. If I'm so scared of this, what, what are my other choices? What can I do? You right. know, because I did feel that I wanted to make some changes. And so it came down to this idea, like I can keep doing what I'm doing, but I know five, 10 years from now, things aren't going to be better because listen, I'm at 14. I'm already feeling this way. Life feels hard. It's only going to get harder if I keep doing this. So what's my other option? Well, maybe do something completely different, but there's fear there too, right? Like we always have fear is fear of the unknown, fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment. All yeah. these things were r- rolling around in my head. I couldn't identify that. You know, at that time at 14, I couldn't say and have this conversation with you now and be able to articulate this. But in reflecting, that's exactly what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I want to make a change. Can I do this? Can I get healthy? That was the question I asked myself. And I was like, well, yeah, I can. I don't know how, but I think I can. Right. I think I need to learn how to get healthy. Okay, I'll go to the library. I got books out on fitness and nutrition. And then there was another question that came up as I was starting to educate myself so I could gain a little bit more clarity and confidence Mm -hmm. on what to do to change my situation. The second question was, if I do this, will it actually work? Right. If I actually do some of these things that I'm learning, will I actually start to lose some weight? Will I start to get a little healthier? Will I be a little bit happier? And fortunately for me, you know, a lot of those books had stories of people that had overcome big challenges in their lives. Sort of like what motivated you and inspired you to start your, your show, your podcast, your platform, right? right. Sharing some of these other stories and finding those stories of people that have overcome great adversary, right? Big ob- obstacles and, and, and have changed their lives, literally. And, right. and so I had a yes. Can I do this? Yeah, I can do this. If I do this, will it work? Well, yeah, it's worked for other people. I think it'll work for me too. Third question was, is it worth it? Well, it's actually better to ask that from an I perspective. Am I worth it? That one, I didn't come to an answer quite so quickly because I didn't have a lot of self-worth. Yeah, I didn't like who I was. Like I felt lost. I felt a lot of pain, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt around who I was and how I was living my life. Some of the things I was choosing to do, but I had to trust enough that if I started those first two, you know, just started doing things a little bit differently. That third one, I was going to gain the confidence to be able to say, yeah, I'm worth it. Definitely. But that was going to take time and it was going to take work. It was going to take effort. But, and I say this to everybody, all big changes, they're rarely easy. Yes. But right. they're almost 100% always worth it. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so that was sort of the catalyst, you know, at, at that early age, like we knew I was dealing with some depression, some anxiety, especially in social settings. I got very nervous. I'd be very withdrawn. I wouldn't say much. Um, so obviously when I found food and, and, and later on in my life, I eventually found alcohol as a new coping mechanism in wow. my twenties, that became something very easy for me to use because I realized if I had a few drinks, I could open up, I could mask some of my insecurities and be somebody different. That's true. 
And I didn't, wasn't until 11 years ago, I finally changed that because I recognized, whoa, I can't sustain this. I'm feeling more unhappy. And a lot of my, my negative emotions and self-beliefs were getting under control. And I right. was repeating that the practice of escaping rather than dealing with the issue and trying to figure out new ways of doing things. I just kept doing the habit. And so, um, yeah, that's sort of a long explanation of, of yeah, the diagnosis. Yeah, for sure. I mean, do I still deal with some negative little voices in my head? Yeah, they're always there. They're always there. It's but, just a matter of how you deal with it. You know, yes. both, you know what I mean? Like, we all have our challenges that we have to, to bear, but it's just how we handle those challenges. Um, it's not like um, life is a bed of roses, you know, but yes. you can actually... It's, it's just how you go through with the thorns, you know, how you mm. are able to actually deal with the thorns, with, you know, so you can see the roses. Yes. I yeah, I like that. That's a beautiful analogy, you know, or metaphor. And uh, yeah, for me, it was just, I had to learn healthier ways of coping right. with, with some of these negative emotions, negative self-beliefs. And, you know, there's a lot of backstory there, but I'll save you all the backstory. It, it just got to a point where... Uh, I couldn't sustain it anymore. You know, it became harder and harder to mask things. Yes. You know, and people often refer to that. They feel like their life's out of control. And it certainly felt that way for me. But I had so much to value in my life. I had a couple kids. You know, my daughter's run to the ages of six at this time, 11 years ago. My, I had a wife, that, a partner that believed in me, was mm -hmm. my biggest supporter, you know, loved me unconditionally. And, and here it was that relationship and that sanctity of what we created together was, was threatened to be taken away. You know, it was going to, and it wasn't like it was being taken away. It was actually, I was pushing it away by yeah. my actions. And it got to a point where, you know, my wife sat me down and she was preparing to leave me, take my kids away. You know, she was like, die. You're, we can't raise our kids. This is not a safe environment or healthy environment to raise our girls. And I, honestly, Claire, I couldn't say yes. I couldn't argue otherwise. She was right. She was 100% right. right. And that's what was even worse because I was like, you're right. And, but I also knew if they left, I was in big trouble, you know, because yeah. like, that's really what I truly valued, even though I wasn't acting like it with everyday actions and supporting that. Mm -hmm. and, and she asked me a question. She said, are you being the type of man that you'd want your daughters to marry? Wow, that's a hard That thing. Yeah, isn't it? Like that question, and for anybody that's a parent, you probably know exactly what I mean when you hear that question. You know, if you're a father of girls, totally. If you're, even if you have sons, it's like, are you being the type of man that you'd want your boy to be for other women? Right. You know, like, because all of a sudden I realized when she asked that question, I was like, my gosh, I'm not. And if someone like me at that time showed up on my doorstep, I wouldn't let him in. No way. Exactly. I wouldn't. And yet that's who I was role modeling. I was, you know, I'm their first male role model i'm their first superhero you know like and we can look at all the studies we can look at all the scientific backing on this but girls are often attracted to men that remind them of their dads that's true so i had set a pretty low bar you know <laughs> and uh and that was a stark realization that i had to come to and and i made a commitment to go one year with no drinking that's which would also mean no alcohol like yeah sorry no narcotics because i would often use narcotics when i would drink too much and, uh, and it also led to other things that I would do that I'm not proud of. And, right. uh, so I made one year commitment to not do those things. But as soon as I took away the alcohol, I realized, whoa, I, I've got a pretty gnarly limp here. 
you know, you take those crutches away from me, those little ways of dealing with the everyday stress and anxieties that I would normally battle. Mm -hmm. I don't have any healthy way of dealing with that. This is the only way I knew for the last decade leading up to that. What am I going to do? Yeah. And that's where finding help, you know, getting support, like one, finding a community that, that could help me with, especially with the social piece. Like I, I, I don't know if you've heard of Toastmasters, but yes, I have. Yeah, it was integral in helping me overcome this anxiety I would feel speaking in front of people. You know, like I would, I'd feel anxious. I'd, I'd feel scared, a lot of fear to the point that it would be very restrictive and, and very hard. And, and it used to be in the past, I could deal with that by having a couple of drinks. <laughs> well, now I don't have the drinks. I got to deal with this. I don't want to be a shut-in. I want, I have aspirations. I want to make an impact on the world. I want to be the kind of guy that, I'd want my daughters to marry one day. Yes, definitely. definitely. So I had to find association, right? Find the right types of people to get around that will support me and that I can support. And Toastmasters was one of those organizations. Really helped me with that a ton and taught me new ways of dealing with that angst, that, that feeling I would get if I was going to speak in front of a group and, and learned how to channel that nervousness, that anxiety and turn it into something powerful you know, mm -hmm. and motivating and, and also reminding myself, you know, what's the worst that can happen here? It's actually not that bad. You know, that idea that we have that there's always something worse than dying. And it's always been considered public speaking, right? Like <laughs> every year we hear about the biggest fears is like people are more afraid of being in the coffin than they are, or sorry, more people are afraid of giving the eulogy than they are of being in the coffin. Right, 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 right. right. We're, we're, we'd rather be in the coffin than up there talking about the, the person that's in there, you know, and it's just, it sure. always baffled me, but I believe that. And, and so we have to challenge our belief system sometimes. So uh, yeah, anyways, that's, uh, that's the backstory. So now you're, you're caught up to speed. <laughs> definitely, I'm definitely caught up to speed. <laughs> so my next question for you is, um, so what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your lowest point? Mm -hmm. Can you list all the resources that were applicable to you? Sure. Well, you know, when I was, uh, I, now this came out in therapy. So I did, I, I wanted to find support systems, right? Like I realized I didn't have the knowledge or the experience, nor did I have any immediate friends that I felt comfortable having the conversation with because mm -hmm. it would require a fair bit of vulnerability right? Me admitting that these are things I want to fix, or I want to work on. I shouldn't say fix, because that would imply that I was broken. I wasn't broken. It's just, I was modeling things that were modeled to me. I oh. just hadn't learned other ways of dealing with what I was going through. So I knew I needed support. So my wife was fully supportive. You know, she was on board to, for my one-year commitment, and she knew that this is it. Like if, if this was it, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I knew that if this was my last opportunity to, to show them and show and myself. Yeah. And uh, so I got a great psychologist I worked with for about four months. Um, and that was instrumental in me helping me unpack a lot of emotions that I'd been repressing and which was also what would feed the alcohol, you know, was me avoiding a lot of tough emotions, tough mm -hmm. memories. And so working through that and being able to reframe things in a much healthier way, and rather than letting my past dictate my future, I was like able to separate that it's happened. It's all good. Like, I don't think ill of it. I don't think positively about it, but I don't deny it. Right. It's, it's right. there. Do you know what I mean? Like it's there, but it doesn't hold any sway over me anymore. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if anything, it provided me a lot of valuable lessons that I can now move forward in life. And, and this is also what draws me to coaching and to mentorship and to supporting others is because after going through this, you know, I want to help others with similarly than how I've been helped, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so that was one. Also, we had a great relationship counselor. So we could help Christy and I with just getting better at communication. Yeah. Um, we also found that uh, I switched up my association. So I joined Toastmasters. I, I just wanted a community that was coming together with no hidden agenda. Yes. Like it's, it's nonprofit, right? Like everyone's there because they're volunteers and they love being there. They want to support, they want to grow. And it was just a great community to, to be a part of, because all of a sudden I was in a room with people that wanted to become better communicators and better leaders. And they're there to support each other on that journey. And I was like, wow, this is the weirdest thing. I was used to going to networking meetings and stuff like that, where yeah. you know, there's always a hidden agenda, right? Of course. It's like someone trying to sell something. Yes. <laughs> And for once, I was all of a sudden I was going somewhere, and it was like, no one's trying to sell me anything. In fact, they want to get to know me, and I want to get to know them. And man, this is great! Like it's just it was such a positive environment to be in. Yeah. Because I had to change my association. And I want people to really take note of that. Like, as much as I found these other people to support me, like a psychologist and a counselor, and you know, that was great. But I had to change my association. Okay. Because even working with those people, if I was still getting around the same people that were feeding some of my habits. Exactly. I, it wouldn't have, I, I don't think I would have been able to make the changes. Right. I needed a new association. I had to guard what was going on, you know, what's going in my head. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I ask people often, I'm like, well, where do most of your thoughts come from? You know, like when you think about it on the day to day, where, what, what is feeding your mind? What is in, being implanted? Like if you're watching just a lot of Netflix, and hey, listen, I watch Netflix too. I'm not here to say don't watch Netflix, but I'm here to say if you're only watching one sort of type of Netflix, like if all you watch is rom-coms, that's great. They're feel-good movies. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you watch, well, that's going to affect the way you perceive the world. It will, subtly or in a bigger way. But Ultimately, the things that we're feeding into our mind does tend to create some sort of external result for us, either consciously or subconsciously. So I had to start guarding my association, guarding how I fed my mind. Then I started to focus more on the personal development aspect of like, okay, I'm going to start watching more TED Talks because those are inspiring. There's always a positive message. I learned from that. I can grow from that. Started reading a lot of positive books, even some autobiographies. You know, so there was the little things between my conversations with some of these professionals right? Like the doctors and whatnot. It's actually what I was doing between the sessions that provided the greatest amount of growth and, and positive change for me. Okay. okay. How about for yourself? Like what, what have you found on your journey? You mean what has been helpful? Like, you know, cause there is that idea of getting third-party support, right? Finding those professionals to help guide us, to ask us the questions that maybe otherwise we wouldn't ask ourselves and to point us in the right direction, give us certain exercises, help us reframe things a little bit differently in a healthier way. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But maybe you only see that person once a week for an hour. Well, right. that leaves 167 hours in that week where we're at our own, you know, at our own mercy, so to speak. So, what do we do with the extra time that we have between the sessions? Right. That's where I often find some of the biggest changes happen. And, and I'm curious, like for yourself, what have been some of your personal habits that it, you have found have been really useful in helping you stay on this path and, and stay focused on 
the life you're developing, you're, you're, you're building, not you just strive to thrive, not just survive, right? Like to use yeah. your terms, like there's probably habits that you do almost every day, I bet. Yeah, for me, it's um, I exercise every day. Um, yeah. I The music I listen to, it's, um, I try to listen to very positive, um, it's either, um, you know, soul searching music and, um, oh, yeah. but also fun music as well. I'm very, yes. I have a very eclectic um, um, musical taste. I also was, I also reevaluated um, the friends that I had um, ah, okay. because I wanted to make sure that the people that I had were speaking life into me and not death because there were some people who were in my life um, that were not necessarily, um, they were, they were spending more time pointing out the negative things that were going mm. on in my life than actually celebrating the things that were going well with my life. So I, you know, reevaluated that, those friendships and started pouring myself into people who were celebrating me rather than, um, you know, taking, the, you know, replenishing my energy. Mm. So, so yes, I, I really think that your support system, the people that you, you surround yourself with would really help, really help you a lot in, in whatever journey you're trying to go to, because you can't go what do they say if you can't you can't you can't go alone you can't go alone if you're trying to grow hmm. so if you're you can't grow alone you have to go you can't go alone but you can grow ah i don't know what it is <laughs> point is i know it's something that has to go and grow and i really enjoyed it i thought it was a really good um quote but um what i'm trying to say is that you gotta you know um the people you go with Mm -hmm. to determine how far you can grow. That's right. Well, it's, yeah, I think uh, you're probably thinking of the African proverb. There's that one that's, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, go together. I think that's it. Something like Is that. Is that the one? Because yeah. that's what you're reminding me of. I know there's that one, but I think there's some other quotes that are very similar, but uh, that's the one that always resonates with me. I'm always like, yeah, that's right. I want to, I do want to go far, but it's also, I don't want to be by myself. I and mean, that's boring. Exactly. That's exactly. like, let's go together, you know? And uh, so I do find that that community piece, and that's sort of what got me into just wanting to build communities. Like my wife and I, we started building like communities offline, but also online and just trying to bring people a like mind, people that want to, to pursue a great life. Yes. You know, and more than just pursue it, live it right now, you know? Right and, now. and so we started to create pockets and just serve those communities and uh, in serving them, it actually serves ourselves too, you know? And I think that's the, the neatest thing about building communities is when you start asking people, it's like, hey, I'm thinking of doing this. This is something I'm really passionate about. Would you like to do it too? There's people out there like, yeah, I do. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it just creates this wonderful environment for people to, to grow together. <laughs> and yeah, I think I that it. is the coolest aspect of social media. You know, I know there's a lot of negatives too. You know, there's things that we have to be wary of and, and to guard our, our attention and energy. Right. But when you look at all the good things that you also have access to, it's pretty amazing. And, and I think it's just being able to filter that. It's recognizing, okay, what's a good use of my time on social versus, well, this probably isn't going to help me in the long term. But right, right. Uh, a cat meme, that's pretty funny. I'm, I'm going to get a good laugh out of that, right? Like, but, <laughs> but again, it's, it's, it's recognizing how much time are we investing. It's and so I think that was a big thing that happened for me. I just look at time. I'm like, yeah, we have 168 hours a week. How am I investing some of those hours every week? Yeah. What are some of the results I want to create? Like, can I expect those results based on the actions I'm taking? Yes or no, die. 
be honest, you know, sitting and binging on that new Netflix series for three hours, is that really moving you forward on some of those projects that you've said that you want to accomplish? Right. Well, being honest, no. No. (laughs) So this is also understanding how procrastination shows up for a lot of us. Like we do avoid things, right? Like we do put things off. And uh, there's usually something underlying why. That, that's holding us back. And that's what some of those fears I talked about before, right? Like just the fear of the unknown, fear of success. It's like, well, what if I do that? And what if it does go well? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, what then? What will I have to do then? And it's like, we start thinking about all these potential futures and the odds of any one of those happening, pretty slim. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, just, just focus on what you can do right now. You know, what is one thing you can do right now today that's going to move you a little bit closer towards the life that you want to be living? Right. Right. Do that one thing. Just do it. You know, like people laugh and they go, man, you make it sound so simple. I said, it is simple, but it doesn't mean it's easy. Exactly. But it's always worth it. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So I have another question for you. So what are three things that you wish you had available to you when you were at your lowest point? Mm. Well, to be honest, the men's group I'm a part of, Okay. Uh, so I'm part of a, a, a we, we meet every Monday night. It's called Mentorship Mondays. <laughs> so capital M-E-N, <laughs> Mentorship Mondays. And uh, we started meeting about two and a half years ago. Okay. You know, and uh, we meet every Monday. We've never missed one since we started. And, and, you know, it varies in size. We get sometimes six guys, sometimes 24 guys, but it, it fluctuates based on just people's life and where they're at. Right. And we've pivoted where we were doing it in person now it's on zoom and it's actually grown a lot more we have different groups now that have just started popping up around the world we got one in the uk we got one in indonesia you know we've got one in the states one in canada like it's kind of neat and it's just it's non-profit no hidden agenda it's just a group of men coming together on mondays to to share what's real for them you know and and to share through stories through experiences there's no coaching allowed no advice giving it's simply that mentorship place where we share what's real for us, what we're going through, what we've learned from. And, and through those sharing of stories, it's amazing how we can start to see different ways of doing things. And, and it's also a great exercise in vulnerability where as a man, I had limited scope when it came to vulnerability. I believed it was a, a weakness. Yes. I believed it was something that limited me in life. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't show vulnerability. People take advantage of that, you know, like, exactly. so I had a lot of uh, aversion to, to avoid uh, being vulnerable and which also led to a lot of the other struggles I dealt with, you know, 10, 20 years ago, because I didn't know how to communicate my emotions. Okay. You know? And, and so I would avoid them. And one of the best ways to avoid them, especially for my own sanity was coping mechanisms like alcohol or food and just external things that would allow me to put it off and avoid it, not think about it. So that would be one thing for sure. Having that community of, of like-minded men to support one another and support me. Like when I was at my lowest, I think things would be very different. Um, second to that, I, I think it's the biggest thing is where I've seen the big difference since I've been on this journey in this last decade is just the increased amount of, of, of content available today. You know, like platforms like your own, Cleone, like it's amazing. You're you're providing so much awareness and knowledge and wisdom through your conversations with others and even sharing your own journey. Like, I really wish I had more access to those kind of materials when I was going through my lowest time. That makes sense. That's why, that's why people are coming to this right now. It's like, whoa, you're coming at it at a great time, you know, because when I was going through this 11 years ago, it wasn't near 
barely enough information out there to support me. You that's know, true. not like there is now. So that that's just second to that is is just accessibility to to more resources and, and more people sharing their story, right? Yes. Like that that's what I needed more of when I think about it. And then uh, thirdly was just uh, I wish I had better connection with why I did certain things. You know, taking space or time to. To, to really sit with some of those questions and ask myself, hey, Di, what do you want? Like, I mean, how often do we have people say, hey, what do you want in life? You know, like, we, we often it's like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Or what do you want to watch on TV? Like, you know, what do you want to do for your birthday? Like, we have a lot of these types of wants that we satisfy by talking about it or going after it. But do we ever sit and say, well, what do I want for my life? Mm-hmm. How often does somebody ask us that question? Yeah. Not often enough. <laughs> Not often enough, but how, much, how often do we ask that of ourselves? Sometimes we're afraid to ask it because we may realize that it's going to involve a lot of change to actually get what we want. Right, right. And change isn't easy. Maybe worth it, but it's not easy. And it involves work. It involves getting uncomfortable a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so, you know, those are sort of the three things. If I had to really distill it, those are three little things that would be very valuable. You know, having that men's community would have been instrumental and definitely would have been very supportive. Uh, having additional resources like we have today. So mm-hmm. those that are out here, those that are listening to this, this is a prime example of exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then, then thirdly, you, you know, is that, um, what was I saying? The, the, um, what was number three? Number three was, um, oh my God. I just drove a blank. I'm like, I just said it, it too. Like, and I can't even remember now. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I draw a blank. Oh my God. It's all good. You know what? We'll have to just hit rewind. Uh, <laughs> I am so sorry. I get off on these tangents and I'm like, I don't even remember what I just said, uh, which is a great sign. But either way, you know, um, the cool thing is, is we have access to resources today more than we've ever had before. And it's more and more every day with more people sharing their stories like you did. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that's just so incredibly powerful and inspiring. So I um, just wanted to commend you as well, Kwanani, just for, for everything that you do. I think it's amazing. Thank you. So with um, your men's group, mm-hmm. um, how do you find, as a man dealing with a mental illness, mm-hmm. um, how did you, how did that affect your ability to reach out to people? Um, yeah, well, I n- sort of got practice because of the Toastmasters, right? Toastmasters, so I joined Toastmasters. Right. So that that really helped me with getting more comfortable being myself. Okay. Do, do you know what I mean? Like being myself without the influence of a third sub, third party substance. Okay. Yes. Because uh, yes. that's what I used to do is I'd have a couple of drinks and I could talk to anybody. Well, yes. All of a sudden I make a commitment to have a year without alcohol. And I'm like, well, I better learn a way to communicate and connect with people <laughs> that doesn't involve alcohol. Otherwise I'm stuck here. And uh, so that, that group was very helpful with that and allowing me to just become more comfortable just being me. Mm-hmm. And that helped a ton. You know, like it, it really was able to, to, to shine a light in an area that was otherwise pretty dark. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think what else would be most impactful. But um, And why do you think men find it very difficult to express themselves when they're going through their challenges? What are some things mm-hmm. that you've discovered, especially in your men's group, um, as to why it's hard to 
you know, reach out for help or to, you know, to be vulnerable. Well, you know, what's super interesting is what I've observed over the last two and a half, you know, or going nearing almost three years that we've been running these, these meetups uh, is men will often show up because another man just said, Hey, there's this cool group of guys showing up on Monday nights. I think you may like it. Like they don't really talk too much about what goes on and what happens. We keep that quite vague, to be honest. Right. But we find that the power really lies in that one man inviting another man. Uh, but it, but there there often takes a point. There, there comes a point where someone has to to go first, right? Like, and I think that is the really interesting part. Is we'll often have a, a big group of guys that would show up like when I was facilitating these while I was living in Bali, uh, you know, we'd have 20, 22 guys show up and you'd have the youngest being 18, 19, the oldest guy being in the seventies. Wow. You've got the full spectrum, right. Of all these different men at different seasons in life. And what would happen is we would open up with a question and it's super simple. Like this is really simple. Like we just say, Hey, we're going to open up some time for sharing. Only one guy can talk at a time. That way we're all fully present to hear and to hold a space for that guy to share what he wants to talk about. But right. the question we often ask is like, Hey, what's real for you right now? You know, like just what's real for you. Like what's real for you right now in this moment at this table, you know, and, and this people would often open up and share about what they're working through right now. What maybe there's a challenge or maybe they're, they're celebrating something that's a big win for them mm-hmm. because it's not just about, holding space to talk about the challenging things it's also to hold space to celebrate the great things that are happening in our lives too which men to men like just speaking from my perspective and i know there's probably some men out there listening to this they may or may not agree with this this may not be their situation but when i look at the averages and the amount of men that we've had come through which is over 500 guys now we've been coming through our mentorship monday groups uh, the consensus is that mm-hmm. Often, you know, we're afraid to share even the good things that we're going through because we're worried about seen as being bragging oh, or boastful. Like, right. so even as men, we've been told, don't talk about the good things about the wins because, you know, don't talk about how happy you're feeling right now because the other guy, you might make him feel bad. He might mm-hmm. be seen as being cocky or arrogant or boastful. Right. Isn't that weird? Like we that's can't sad. be authentically ourselves, even talk about the good stuff that's happening because we're worried. We're afraid that we'll be judged for it. And so that was something that we recognized in ourselves, but also wanted to create a space where it didn't matter. We can talk about the tough stuff. We can talk about the great stuff, but either mm-hmm. way, we're just there to celebrate one another and support each other unconditionally without a judgment and just hold the space to share. Now, often we talk about challenges though, because that's really real for us in the moment. And we actively want to move through those. So conversation, one guy will hear one guy talk about something that's challenging him, maybe a relationship with a father, as an example, but it came up a few weeks ago, we started talking about our relationships with our dads, mm-hmm. you know, because one guy talked about, shared what he wanted to share about. And next thing you know, another guy's sharing about his experience with his dad and then another guy. And through this sharing of our own experiences, we all of a sudden realized, oh my gosh, we are more connected than we are apart. It's so true. We are more alike than we are different. Exactly. We are more connected than we are unconnected. And that is why almost every single guy that has come and gone through Mentorship Monday, they always leave more often saying the same thing. It's like, I'm leaving here feeling a lot better than I was when I got here. That's good. That's, and that's good. the goal. 
That's the goal. That's the goal. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. So yeah, hopefully that answers some of those questions that might be percolating around because of that. But it, it's, it's, I think there's something to this. I think there's a lot more guys that have been searching for this and that's what I'm observing. So it's just getting the word out, letting people know that these exist. And in most major cities, there are men's groups that meet up. I do recommend and invite guys. Don't, don't base your judgment on men's groups based on one experience. Exactly. Cause go and try different ones, right? Find your community, you know, and, uh, Find your tribe. Don't, don't stop looking. Right. It, it is out there. I know it is. And it's, it's been instrumental in, in my last three years of life. And I envision it being something that's part of my life for the rest of my life, you know? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So my next question is what words of hope can you give to our listeners who deal with mental health challenges that especially our men who may have a mental health challenge and, may think that this is it. What, what kind of, what words of hope would you give to them? Well, I'm going to riff on Buddha. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Buddha, like 2,500 years ago, pretty wise dude. Uh, he said, this too shall pass. Now, yeah. when we hear that, and I know a lot of us will say that, it's like, don't worry, you're going to get through this. Like we hear that, it's like a cliche now, right? Like it's, it's, we hear that so often. Don't worry, you're going to get through this. You're going to be okay. But I want you to take note of those words and what it, one other perspective on it, you know, and, and, and so this too shall pass often relates to the challenges that we, we deal with every day, mm-hmm. or we go through seasons in our life where we're dealing with a struggle. Like, gosh, this year has been one of those years, you know, yeah. we, we've all been ad- adapting and, and, and challenged by this year that was 2020. Definitely this too shall pass. So we will get through this year and and life will get back to something that seems like it was before, but it'll never be like it was before. Right. But we will get through this and there'll be a new way of dealing with things and a new approach, but we're going to get through this. But what Buddha was also meaning, as much as the struggles and the challenges that we face, that yeah, we will get through those. He was also talking about the great things that happen in our lives. Specifically, like think about the birthdays. Think about your first child, the first Mm. time that that child takes a step, maybe your marriage, you know, the first day you met your partner for life, you know, like that first day that you launched your podcast, right? Like these things are awesome and they're worth celebrating, but they too will pass. Right. And I think that is the perspective I'd like to encourage other people are listening to this or watching this is, is yeah, everything in life will pass. It's the only thing that we know that's absolutely for sure is that nothing stays as it is. And the more we try to hold on to things and fight change, usually the more sadness, unhappiness, grief, regret we welcome in. Right. So what I want to encourage people and invite you to think about is, yeah, this too shall pass, even the good stuff, but be grateful for right now. Be grateful for the things that you have right now in your life. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the, the exercise of gratitude is a great way to ground yourself and to recognize, man, I've got a lot to be grateful for in my life. I got so much to live for and I'm just getting started, you know? And uh, I really want people to take that to heart because trust me, you're not, you may feel lonely, but it doesn't mean you're alone. Right. But it does take an action, you know, you have to reach out, you have to make that first move at times to, to reach out and to find the community, find the support, get, but it's worth it because you're worth it. And, and that's sort of close the loop on that three questions I asked, you know, if you want to make some changes right now, just remember, can I do this? If I do it, will it work? 
And then lastly, am I worth it? Those are the three questions to ask ourselves every single time we are faced with change, whether we want it or not, you know, and it's just a great way to sort of navigate and get our mindset straight and ready for the, the changes ahead. But uh, yeah, that's that. I hope that makes sense. And uh, I know it's a bit of a preamble, but I, I wanted to try to close the loop on a couple of pieces that we talked about. But man, trust me, everybody. Oh, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. And, and just be grateful for the life that you have right now and uh, realize that you can change anything, anytime, but it does happen quickly as soon as you make a decision. Cool. So with that said, we're going to do a little switch in uh, topics a little. All right. <laughs> so as you can see behind me, there is a book called The Music of My Life because it's about my journey with mental health and music therapy and so forth and so forth. So with that said, what type of music do you like? So I, like you, have an eclectic taste. <laughs> I, I listen to a lot of different types of music. I listen to some R&B. I listen to some old classic jazz as well as new age jazz. Uh, I listen to a lot of blues, <laughs> but even classical and opera areas every once in a while, you know, like, so I have a big mix. I, I tend to find it depends on the mood I'm wanting to be in. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. um, I'm a big fan of walking meditation. And what I mean by that is I, I like to get out and just pay attention to my breath, pay attention to my feet. Like if you're not familiar with how walking meditation works, it's, it's very similar to meditation that we're used to just sitting and breathing, closing our eyes, visualizing. But I like to be in movement. I actually find it more in alignment with the kind of person that I am. But okay. it's so when I'm doing my walking meditation, just focusing on my breath, trying to be aware of my surroundings, sometimes I'll get out there and I'll be halfway through my walk. And then I feel inspired to listen to some good music. Cool. You know, because it, it's just, it's a great grounding exercise, but it's also a great way to, to increase my energy into a certain mood that I might be wanting to elicit, you know? And, and so for me, like, uh, I, I absolutely love good blues, you okay. know, like just like old school, like even like Otis Redding, like, you know, I just, or Thelonious Monk, like just old classic blues. And, right. uh, but even some of the new age stuff, but I love that stuff because it, I just find it so it can be gritty at times, but it's so heartfelt. Okay. I know some of the stories can be pretty sad. <laughs> That's why it's called the blues. <laughs> but, but, but I do find that it's poetry and, and there's so much emotion in it. Like I find that there's, there's a lot of life to it. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just, uh, I, I just really connect with it and it makes me feel just very grounded. Um, but if I'm looking to do a lot of work and, and, and I might listen to something a bit more poppy. You know, <laughs> um, I love actually a lot of Queen. Like I love listening to Queen. Queen okay. gets me moving. Yeah. Um, I just, I love Freddie Mercury's voice. I love some of the messaging in the songs. Uh, but that's what I'll put on if I want to get my energy up nice and high. Yes. And uh, so it really depends on the mood I'm wanting. Um, but I, I love all sorts of types of music. I just really do. So I, that's why I really resonate with you and what you were sharing earlier, you know, is just this, there, there's a, a tune for every mood, isn't there? Yeah, totally, totally. So with that said, that leads me to my next question is, if you were to think of a song that describes your journey, what would it be and why? Ah. Well, that's interesting. So, um, gosh, it would be a song by Journey. Journey. Yes. And, uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name. It's, uh, 
that was probably like their most famous song. Uh, we hear it all the time. Gosh, I, my voice is going to kill me. It's like our song. gave it to me, actually. I can't remember what it was called. I think it was called yeah. Don't, Don't Stop Believing. Don't, Don't Stop, Stop Believing. Believing. Yes. yes. Thank you. So that is the song my wife and I, like we, we just, there's a lot of personal connection to that song because we do recognize the power of belief. Right. It plays a vital role in the lives that we're living and ultimately the lives that we're designing. And uh, it just, I love the story, right? It's a love story at the same time. And, uh, you know, so it's uh, this idea of just never stop believing, just always believe in yourself, always keep moving forward. And uh, so, so that's the one song that really resonates with this. And, and I don't know anybody that can't, uh, anybody that listens to that song, you can't help but want to move. You You're know what right. I mean? Like you I just- I listened to it before we, start, we started the yeah. interview. Cool. <laughs> Cool. Well, it's it's it is definitely a old classic rock song, but it's more of a rock ballad than anything. But it's just got such a great, just it's just fun. It's a fun song, and uh, we love the message. So this idea of don't stop believing, right? And um, so anybody that listens to that song, I think you'll you'll know exactly what I mean when you hear it. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so very much, Di. You offered a lot of really good nuggets for today. I thought it was awesome. Thank you. Uh, so with that said. To all you resilient minds out there, till next time, please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Also join the Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at cleonicrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. And if you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show or connect with Dai's testimonial, please, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at onlycleone or resilientminds365 and today's guest at Manuel. that's D-A-I-M-A-N-U-E-L. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, thrive, and live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Cleone Crawford and I'm signing off.